you're listening to the Pinball Podcast. Okay, it is June 25th uh, and 26th simultaneously, um, U.S. and Australian times. Uh, this is episode 123 of the Pinball Podcast. I'm Jeff, and I'm here with Jessica. Jessica, how you doing? Good day, Jeff. <laughs> I was going to pull that on you, but yeah. I'm glad you pulled it on me. I'm already um, going to get crap for how it's more I like said it. Good evening. Well, it's 2.14 for me, so. Gafternoon. Gafternoon, yes. Okay. Well, it is <laughs> 10 o'clock at night here, but the previous night, so. I'm in the future. Yeah, wrap your head around all that. Um, it's been a little while. We've been going to shows. You've been going to other countries. We've been doing things, and we'll get to all that. But uh, things going all right, generally. Having a good little pinball adventure right now. I'm having a wonderful pinball adventure. I'm having a wonderful life adventure. I spent yesterday going to a bunch of beaches, which was kind of the best ever. And then um, came back to find out that one of the drop targets on Dr. John's Harlem Globetrotters is broken. So I get to uh, do a drop target replacement. Ah, because ah. um, there's nothing I'll else tell you what here, just Harlem. Yeah. drop targets in themselves are not easy not hard to replace so that should go well and you should feel great when you get that fixed but probably the worst pinball repair like single thing repair or I guess it was more restoration than repair is when I replaced all the drop targets on Genie because first of all there's like 8,000 of them <laughs> but the the Gottlieb mech is so unfriendly for a person who only has two hands to uh, <laughs> to do it easily. And I had my hands in there. My wife had her hands in there. And we were still cursing that machine right and left. It was, it was not fun. Um, that giant, massive set of drop targets in the back, uh, it, it, was, it was awful. But we survived it. And my genie has nice drop targets. And if one of them ever breaks, I'm going to sell it. So, <laughs> okay, sell it, sell it to me. Yeah. So good luck on your repair, and you. that's very nice of you to do that for Doctor John while he plays around in Japan or wherever he's at. He is in Japan, yeah. And then he also left me um, a next gen play field up on the rotisserie that he made um, oh. for me to strip everything off of, so I can clean it and put a play field protector down on it. So if anyone knows cool. how to strip everything off of a TNG. <laughs> uh, even once you strip that sucker down, you're still not going to be able to see the outlines. So, <laughs> Yeah. It's, you know, he started to get me, get me going and he's like, okay, so, you know, normally you want to start by removing the ramp. So you look for the screw and he just like starts wiggling everything. He's like, where the heck is this connected? Like he doesn't <laughs> know either. I'm like, if you don't know, I don't know how I'm going to figure this out, but I'm going to figure it out. Just tell him it was faster to clip all the wires, so <laughs> all the wires have been clipped, even the ones that didn't need to come off. Um, right, I'm just yeah, that's a that's a big project. That game, I I took Twilight Zone down to the wood, 
and um, like Simpsons Pinball Party Down in the Wood. Those were pretty intense, but man, There's Next Generation's got a lot of stuff on Next it. Gen. Yeah. Like, I'm not looking forward to the day when I decide it's finally time to do that to dialed in. That's going to be a nightmare. Oh. Oh, um, yeah. Or like Wizard of Oz, but Next Gen's got to be in the top 10 bad to break down games oh you know what? actually the worst was putting uh cliffy protectors on world cup soccer i've talked about it before but um to get the cliffy protector on the goalie uh scoop it's the goal it's awful it is you have to take everything off because there's just stacks on stacks and you can't get to it without taking everything off so that one was and bad he's trying to block you the whole time yes so I have have some unexpected. What's that? Go ahead. What's your unexpected thing you're going to say? Oh, I've got some unexpected uh, repairs that I'll be doing. Um, Unasked for unanticipated repairs. And we can talk about that later, but Uh (laughs) I'm just going to foreshadow it for right now um, and let my anger kind of build. So, um, well, before we get into kind of what's going on now. Let, let's recap the shows we went to and then we'll, we'll stuff dues in the middle of, of this show here. Cause there's some cool stuff that's going to be happening soon and um, we'll, we'll give them some space, but we both went to a show uh, on the same weekend, but in different places, you went to the Northwest show and I went to the Denver show. Um, and I will let you talk about your experience first because i want to hear about it and so do all the fine people out there so talk to me about the (laughs) northwest show okay so i went to the northwest pinball arcade show you did not that was unfortunate um i actually went up the night before the show i was staying with alan again um and we went to the flip flip ding ding tournament i played terribly so that was great Um, but it was good to see everybody. And then I got there early the next day to help Robert from double danger over at his booth. So, um, he had a bunch of stuff to set up. So I I showed up and I was like, all right, where's, where's this going? Where's this going? And he's just like, I don't know. I'm like, all right. So I just plotted a booth out and helped him jam everything out and get all the shirts up and all the new gear out. He's got some amazing new stuff. So if you guys have not uh, checked out double danger pinball apparel lately, I highly encourage you to do so. They're good humans and they've got awesome uh, pinball swag. So it was great because got to hang out with him that weekend and help run the booth. So I did less playing than I normally do at the Northwest show just so I could help out. Um, which was actually really nice. So I didn't do the main tournament at all at the Northwest show. Um, I made it to quarterfinals in the women's, which was interesting because there were two women's qualifying sections. I qualified on day one. Um, And at the Northwest show, they do the bonus point match play format. So if you're, if you get first place, if your score is higher than second and third place combined, you get a bonus point. If not, then third place gets a bonus point. And then second place, if yours is more than third and fourth combined, you get a bonus point. Otherwise, fourth gets a bonus point. Um, 
but it gets really messy in groups of three, which is what we were working with. So you could be in second place and have the same points as third place. It's just weird. The whole thing's very weird. (laughs) Yeah. So um, they didn't do that on day two of women. So they changed formats between qualifying sections, which I've never seen happen. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. Yeah. And a couple of the games they changed how they were playing and set up on the games and finals were day two. So if you played in the qualifying section on day two, you knew exactly what to expect. If you had played the day before and you walked back into finals, you were surprised. So, <laughs> um, so that was interesting. And then normally the thing I'm most excited to play at the Northwest show is the classics pin golf, man, those machines were so rough. Just super rough. They beat you up, huh? Uh, wow. Like, I, <laughs> I I feel bad to, to call the person I had this conversation out with, so I'm not going to name names. But someone who I fully expected to do incredibly well um, over in Classics, we were talking about how rough it was on, <laughs> on that half of the games. And I was like, I got 50 points in pen golf. Like, just awful. Totally ate it. And um, their response was, I got 70. Oh. I was like, holy shit, like, what? That's not, that's not okay. <laughs> that was really bad. But, like, machines went down, and just the playing condition on them was so, so rough. And there were malfunctions that <laughs> were, like, super beneficial that no one was paying attention to. And it's like, how many people took advantage of that? And then magic castle was in classics and i was super excited about that it was playing really rough but i like magic castle so they had all these scorekeepers in and i finally reached the target score on ball five but on the zacharias they count down on the back glass so it tells you how many balls you have left right right so i play and finish and she I like I catch the ball and she comes over and she was like oh congratulations hole in one and I was like no 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 like this is a five (laughs) and then I'm sitting there saying how many people got marked down for a hole in one yeah and didn't and they didn't speak up huh yep or just they were unaware that it got written down that way yeah well yeah so there was a lot of um you know, still squirrely. <laughs> it was a little squirrely, but um, it's okay because we did tiki on Friday and Saturday nights, and you know, margaritas during the day. So, oh, and bottomless mimosas. It was Katie's birthday again. Happy birthday, Katie! <laughs> I remember talking to you that morning, asking, do, doing a check on the uh, the uh, hangovers. Like, what's the hangover situation? You actually were doing just fine. But you said you were on your way to bottomless mimosas. I was like, okay, she must be doing just fine. <laughs> so. Well, that's how you continue to do fine. Is yeah, just <laughs> never on. let that buzz go down. So. <laughs> yeah, and then um, hot tub also helps. Oh yeah. So, um, I got to play. Let's see. There's a safe cracker there, so I won some safe cracker tokens, which was super fun because they're specific for the show. Um, That was great. There was a good Portland contingent there, so I got to play some games with some friends. 
And of course, all of my Seattle friends, always lovely to see everybody. Um, and then I got to play the new Pirates game. Oh, yeah. I played it once. Um, and I played it with Bill from Portland and also Colin from Portland. And Colin seemed to know things that we didn't know. Uh, that's a that's a game where if you know what's going on, it's an entirely different game than just kind of like <laughs> hitting some of the shots and shooting kind of for what's flashing because there's insane amounts of depth to it. And as I've learned stuff on that game, I've started to realize that that's going to be the huge um, deciding factor in who does well on that. Not It's not just accuracy. Game knowledge is super important there. And it's important on most games, but uh, at a much deeper level on Pirates, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, our friend Eric was playing with us too. And like, we're all just kind of sitting there and I'm just like looking back at Colin playing and I'm looking over at Bill and Eric and I was like, do you know why he's doing that? Cause like he would hit the button at different times, like super rapidly, but nothing was seemingly happening. It's Cause there's was gold super, on the screen. Cause there's gold on the screen. I was yeah. like, who the heck can pay attention to when there's gold? Oh, Colin can, of course. Um, <laughs> like, I will yeah. So like, uh, that. The, the action button will flash when there's gold on the screen, but you have to be noticing it. Um, but there's one character that makes it so you only have to tap the action button once, and it will cl- claim all the gold on the screen. So I, I just pick him. Just I know there's other characters that do better things, but I'm not an action button fan, and um, I still have trauma over Star Wars and what it did to me and my feelings towards action <laughs> buttons. So if I can hit it once and all the gold gets collected, that's all I really want out of it, so... Uh, yeah, I'm, it was, there was a lot, like, there shouldn't be so many characters, there's so much stuff happening on that game, I played through, and I can't tell you really anything about it, because there's just so much, so it's not like I was like, oh, this shot was really interesting, or whatever, like, nothing stuck with me, because there's so much. Yeah, I, I don't get hung up on the characters, all they do is change how little things work in the game. Um, that's why I just picked the gold one. It, it's not too much of a impact. It's crazy how many of them there are, though. There are tons. Hmm. Is yeah. it 16 or something like that? There's a lot. I have no idea. No idea. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I wish I knew. I wish I could walk, walk away and say some more things about it, but... Um... Yeah, I can't. Sorry, I know that's not really newsworthy, but no, just go play it again. I came away with like no impression of pirates. No, no, go go play it again, but maybe don't play. I I think it's best if the first time or two you play, you don't play with other people because there's too much time in between your balls for you to make a connection between what's going on um, and what they are doing. It it just causes a little disconnect. but it's hard at a show because lines are long and you're usually hanging out with someone or, or something else. But um, yeah, it's one of those things that after you play it two to three times by yourself and you can kind of see um, what's going on a little bit better, it makes a lot more sense. I'm, the first time sure. I played it, I played in a four-player game with um, a couple of locals and... Uh, oh, jeez. I'm blanking. Uh, it was down in Texas and, oh, Johnny Modica. And um, 
we all were doing such different things that yeah it felt super scattered what was going on like I don't know but when I started playing by myself and I started understanding some of the rules on how the locks work or the gold or how to get the um, upper play field to lock, load the cannon so you can fire it like all that stuff started coming together but not until I played by myself um, the one thing that's kind of nice though is it has that compass that's the mini screen that's by the lock bar and that will point towards the next major shot you need you kind of need to hit to advance what you're doing in the game so if oh. you're just lost just look at that and that'll point to your next shot okay but they yeah, don't really was... explain that part um so it can just look like a little confusing screen for the most part yeah that's pretty much what it looked like yep <laughs> so so um you know fun time seeing everyone at the northwest show definitely a different show experience than i've had in past years where a lot more time is spent tournamenting but um mm-hmm. no it was it was really fun we um we ended up at um bowen came out to the show and every year there's kind of the big um last night party at the triple knock now since it opened um so everyone meets up there and robert and Bowen and I ate the most expensive donuts of our lives because <laughs> across from the triple knock, there's a pizza place and it was the bartender's birthday and someone had brought her Krispy Kreme donuts and in the box, like when everyone was singing happy birthday to her, there were like the three most perfect Simpsons style donuts sitting in there. So um, we <laughs> bought them tipped her to the point of giving us donuts robert uh gifted us with donuts and gifted her with a nice uh nice birthday surprise so well it's hard yeah i was like donuts are um something that with my metabolism i absolutely cannot eat but i would always (laughs) want like they it's hard to turn down a donut and man the the frequency which they walk those through the office and have to say no just drives me crazy yeah, it was um, definitely something that I normally wouldn't. I'm more of an ice cream, like I don't do a lot of sugar, but uh, these were perfect at the moment. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have a question. It's an on-the-spot question. It's okay if you just say no, not really. It doesn't mean that you didn't enjoy yourself or as far as the games go, but is there a game after the show that you left thinking – uh, that you either had like a new appreciation for or you got super hyped up about um, like anything that stuck out as your personal game of the show game well I got to play Maverick for the first time so did Dawn that's... at at Denver <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Um, that's not the answer to that question but I just no, and it's, that I had... <laughs> it's actually not a bad game I really wish the Lauren Bell paddle wheel didn't take 10 minutes to bring the ball around but oh, the paddle wheel is the worst ever it's so slow <laughs> like i could go have a drink come back it still wouldn't be off the dang wheel yeah that's and that's it also brutal kept, yeah it also kept getting stuck back there and we have to ball search it out and then when it would finally locate it it would just kick it into the paddle wheel <laughs> like oh. no <laughs> yeah that's a double strike there yeah, that's not good <laughs> Yeah, that was that was not great. Um, you know, I, I didn't get to play a ton of like aside from tournament games. Didn't play a ton. Oh, 
No, I did walk away with a new appreciation for a game. <laughs> You're totally going to laugh at me because the game is Genesis. No, Genesis is awesome. Um, it was in the main bank of the tournament and I got to play it in my yeah. women's qualifying. And man, it is so much fun. <laughs> like it's it is. bizarre, it's weirdo game, but I like it. I mean, there's nothing deep about it, but it's just fun. Like, and it's got this really weird style to it. I mean, uh, you know, AJ brought one to Pinball Showdown that was in great shape. And nice. I played it several times. Yeah, I like Genesis. People just bag on it because the art is truly awful. So. Well, this one had the alternate translate, like the, the Metropolis style. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I don't, I like weird games, so I kind of like the weirdness about yeah. it. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's a game that's fallen victim to, um, art and theme snobbery. They're looking at it as just a knockoff Frankenstein or even a knockoff Ride of Pinbot or something, but it totally holds its own. It's got great play, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, Super so snobs, get out of here. Well, so speaking of AJ taking games to Denver... Well, he was on um, this flipping podcast. He did a show with Tommy. Yeah. So we got his recap of things. How was the show for you? Well, okay. So the show's fun. Uh, and here is how it went. <laughs> so I flew out in the morning uh, from Salt Lake City to Denver. Short flight, but I had like some stupid 6.30 a.m. flight or something like that. Um, so I got there really early and kind of did what I could to help with like last minute setups and things like that. And, um, first day, I mean, I was tired, but, um, you know, I was excited to be there and it was my first chance to see, um, Iron Maiden. Um, so I'll talk about that in a minute, but, um, I did play in the main tournament and didn't do super well. The lineup was extremely weird. Um, this is out of off like just my memory. So I'm going to miss some games, but, uh, there was big buck hunter Shrek, um, Dr. Dude and iron maiden, um, alien star, um, and iron man that was insanely brutal. And like, if you hated iron man, this would make you like, absolutely rage nine ball um which was my favorite game in the tournament um and i know there's a couple of others but it was an it was a really odd lineup um i actually started out playing okay and then i broke my personal rule of not playing john board games in tournaments i just it's a bad idea like the magnets will screw you they just will and there's nothing you can do um, when it happens. And so, yeah, I, I hate John board games and tournaments. I'll, I'll love playing them at home location, whatever, but nothing will piss me off more than just a shot that punishes you for making it. And times you have to make those shots. So anyway, um, so it was a limited entry, basically 20 plays and, um, your top however many scores counted. And I was just flirting with the cut line the whole time. 
and it came down to having to put up like a decent score on Big Buck Hunter, but the Big Buck Hunter was janky as I'll get out. Like it had <laughs> things that would get stuck. Um, it just switches that would were flaky, and so it sucked to have to make that be like my last game that counted because um, that's where I needed to make up some points, and it was just frustrating. Um, the Classics Tournament, though, um, was quite a bit more fun. Um, and that had Viking, uh, Royal Flush, well, actually it was Card Wiz, the two-player version of Royal Flush, uh, Frontier, Meteor, um, and I'm forgetting one or two others. Oh, Black Knight. And uh, I don't know. Those are games that I enjoy playing a lot. And oh, and Flash, and the worst thing that could have possibly happened happened while I was playing Flash. So I was at a point where um, almost the entire qualifying period, these two days of qualifying, I was very safe. I was like fourth or fifth out of the top sixteen that qualified, and so I was doing fine. And then the last day, I started bleeding out points. And it was unlimited entry, so that's going to happen. People are just going to keep buying in. And people just kept buying in. Just buy another set of entries, buy another set of entries. And I didn't want to do that. Um, I didn't want to go spend $80 to qualify in a tournament. So I just waited and waited and waited. And then at the end, um, I only needed to improve my score on Flash. And I needed to score about 400,000 points. So not a, not a huge game. And I would have qualified. So I'm playing it, or I, I would have jumped back up off the cut line. It wasn't a sure thing that I would have qualified. But anyway, I'm playing it, and I'm over 600,000 points. I know that. And at that point, it would have jumped me up a ton in the rankings, because that would have been like a top five score on the game at that point. And I'm playing it, and all of a sudden, the game goes dead, and all of the score digits read zeros. So it wasn't a tilt. It wasn't a slam tilt. It was a hard reset. And it reset during my ball, and it didn't save any scores. Everything just went straight zeros. It, no. it happened on ball two. So even if it like had been game over and it just displayed what my score was at the time, I would have been fine. fine. I would have yeah. just said, okay, I'll take it. I don't care about compensation ball, whatever. I'll just take it, and I'll see you in the finals tomorrow morning. But because it did a hard reset and the score zeroed out, I had to replay the game, and I didn't get what I needed to get. So I still had my chance, um, but I was like so on tilt from that moment. I could, it was so hard to play again after that point. Um, I think I finished like one or two below the cut line in the end, which um, was frustrating, uh, but I had fun in it. So whatever. Um, as far as the show goes, like the Denver people are great. Like they have a really good group of people there. Um, I know this year there were some frustrations bubbling to the surface kind of between the show and some of the locals. Um, I won't get into it much here, but recognize that that was happening, but still had a great time. Um, there were a lot more locals from my area that came out. So that was kind of cool seeing that. And some of us brought back trophies, which was cool. Like uh, we had some nice showings in the tournaments. Um, but yeah, I got to play Iron Maiden and they had, pros and premiums there so i got to play both and i really enjoyed that 
I really like that game if I'm playing alone. I'm not super big about playing it with other people because it just takes so long. Um, a four-player game lasts like an hour. Uh, but playing by yourself is a blast. It's got so many shots and good shots and cool rules that just kind of like evolve as you go along. Um, very awesome game. It would be a fantastic home machine. Um, but yeah, like very top to bottom music selection aside i pretty much liked everything about that game um total winner so that was fun it was fun to finally get a chance to play i I don't think i've ever had to wait so long to play a game from release to actually getting a chance to play it and it, it was fun being able to play both versions of it um i did like the extra features on the premium le but i don't think that they're super necessary to the experience of the game. So it's not like you're conceding much by going pro there, um, which is always good to see. I still did wish Stern see... would. What's that? Oh, did you see any issues with getting that orb? Um, I've seen the ones that I've played the, the premium versions where it actually has that ball there, the captive ball yeah, to hit yeah. for that orb shot instead of the stand up target everyone's having issues with like it's not registering it's not registering right it's a new type of uh deal like it's a different type of captive ball that is supposed to be like an omnidirectional target sensor i didn't have any issues with it but um i think it's a it was a software bug that's now been updated but there was an issue that if you flip the left flipper it would give you twenty thousand points <laughs> so that that was only happening on the premium though and it had to be still um, in the shooter lane. Well, after it plunged, it didn't do it, but okay. it did it while it was in the shooter lane. So that was weird. <laughs> um, That's fun. I did see play field they issues, though. Play. That was... Oh, what's what that? Play field issues. Oh, just the bubbling art around the posts. If you listen to the latest This Flippin' Podcast, Tommy talks about it on his, and I saw that on yeah. all the machines there. I don't want... Interesting. I actually didn't... People don't, don't go like freaking out i think it was it's probably happened on a small batch of runs of games if you have one look at it check your post check the base see if it's got anything but we don't need to like go blow up pin side with a what's going on with stern type of thing i don't think it's that big of a deal but yeah all the games there that i i there was um four of them all four of them had at least one post i could see that had a little bubble around the metal, the metal post especially, but um, a couple of star posts even had it. So, yeah, I heard uh, heard Tommy talking about that. That's unfortunate. Hopefully, they'll. Yeah, I know his is being taken care of. So, mm-hmm. well, I don't think it's a widespread issue. It's definitely not a unique issue. Um, so, it's not like the uh, Ghostbusters playfields that was like rampant. I think that there was probably just a run that didn't cure all the way or something. Yeah, that's what he had said. So Yeah, I mean I uh, noticed it. It was it was definitely noticeable. Yeah. But gameplay wise, um, that game rocks. It's it's fantastic. It does. So I was playing it um stopped at time zone in Kulangata yesterday just for a couple games and was playing it and all of a sudden my friend got uh my friend Dave came with me for beach adventures and um, over to time zone and I looked up and I was like super secret skill shot 
Oh yeah. Because I know I know the skill shot. I know the super skill shot. I did not know there was now a whole string of super secret skill shots, and he had plunged the left outlane. Yep. And like uh, it's Congo. Twenty-five million points, and you add ten seconds of ball save. I'm like, it's kind of like Congo, except you only get one go at it. Yeah. If you miss, there's no validated play field exploit. You got to get it. Yeah. But that's awesome. I love it. Yeah. Very fun. Um, and they're not done. Like there's still little minor tweaks and stuff that could still be coming for that game. So that's, that's cool. Yeah. Um, Keith did an amazing job with it. Um, he was at the Northwest show. So I actually got a chance to say hello and let him know how much I'm enjoying the game. So great job. Keith. Yeah. This Keith guy, he may have a future in pinball. So he just might, he just might. Yeah. I'm super excited to see what he does next. Um, it's going to be a while before he's back up in the rotation again, but his game one effort had so many fresh ideas that uh, it was kind of daring to go for him because a lot of times designers are very derivative at the beginning and then they start finding their groove and style and he's just like, from from the get-go, now nah, I'm doing something different. And he did. so, And, it, and, it's, and, and it's good different. A lot of times... Different doesn't mean good, but in this case, it definitely does. So <laughs> I'm happy for him. Right. Different doesn't mean wacky. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, other than that, the show was great. I brought back uh, your evil Knievel, which was well cared for. Um, yes. I noticed on the show floor, by the way, it was being played constantly. There, Anytime I went to go check on it, there was always a couple of people playing on it. Um, some of the displays are flickering, but that's probably just a loose connector. Um, if not, I'll just reflow the the solder points on that and we'll make sure it's reliable by the time you get it. But yeah, it, it held up and didn't have any problems aside from that. And it it was just constantly getting played. So it was cool. And a lot of people came and asked me about it. Like, is Jessica's game here? I'm like, yeah, where is it? I want to go play it. Aww. So there were a lot of people that wanted to see it before it you know, moved out of town. So that was cool. If anyone has pictures of them playing Evil Knievel, please send them. I want to make a little album of everyone who got a chance to play it on its journey. All Um, those fingers that touch that thing. Right? I hope you all washed your hands. (laughs) I've got some I'll send to you. So Um, let me think. I, besides that, you know, just... I played a ton of pinball. Like I played so much that you ever, when you play uh, a lot of tournament time, or, I don't know how uh, much you are of a, of a game shaker and nudger and stuff, but like my forearms will actually get a little bit sore by day three of that stuff. And I, I got to that point. Um, I played a ton of pinball. It was, it was great. Um, I'm I'm the tailor of our podcast. Like I'm a bit ham-fisted. And definitely. Yeah, I mean, I won't drain until I see a, a double danger. I fit, why leave it on the table, right? Right. So good. I'm glad that tilting is trying is also something you believe in. So, <laughs> um, and then let me think here. Uh, as far as like stuff at the show that I left 
thinking, boy, I want that. I basically wanted to take all of AJ's games, especially his space station, which was better than perfect. Um, that was awesome to see and play. Um, that story was really cool from the show. If you guys didn't get a chance to listen to um, his episode on this flipping podcast, just the story about him being able to hang out with Barry Ausler and yeah. Barry actually playing his game is a really cool um, story. It makes me very happy. Yeah, that was, that was nice. Um, that was a good moment for him. Um, I doubt Barry's ever seen one, even as they're fresh coming off the line that looked so strikingly nice so i'm sure that was an awesome experience both ways there for aj and for barry so um i want the uh em strange world now and i want it right now Ooh, strange world is great it is and there was a flawless one in denver and the games on both sides of it were for sale but not it otherwise it would be behind me right now but it wasn't for sale (laughs) Um, the Led Zeppelin custom game was great. It was a rethemed Evil Knievel, so it was kind of cool. That it was right by your game, so you could Aww. see them um, right by each other. And he, uh, Basil LeBlanc, LeBlanc brought it, and he did all new art, but he also did new rules for it, and he added a second chime box so it could play the Led Zeppelin riffs better. Uh, it what? was kind of cool. Yeah, so like it would play like the Black Dog riff um, in chimes when you'd start your game, and um, as you progress, the riffs would be a little bit more full. It was really cool. Um, I okay, wanted I'm that as to well. Find video on it somewhere. Don posted some video of it. Um, I don't know if he did it on his own personal Instagram or what, or if he put it in like the uh, there's a Facebook group that's for custom machines. He might have posted it there. I'll, I'll ask him where he posted that, but okay. that was way cool. Um, and then. There was a lot of other neat stuff I saw at the show, and I drove back. So Lee and I uh, rented a trailer, and I we split driving duties coming home. And after a three-day show, man, driving from Denver to Salt Lake City, it's about eight hours, um, a little longer with all the stops factored in. But we got home, and we were so beat. When we got to my house, um, I had the Evil Knievel, and... He had to take the trailer back that night, so we just put his pinbot in my garage. It's still there. We were so tired um, getting that unloaded, and you know we're we're super happy we went. But it's it's exhausting taking games out to shows. So for the people who do it, especially the people who fill a big truck or a big trailer and bring you know six seven games, uh, like wherever you've done that, that's pretty awesome. Um, there's a family in Denver, the McCarthy family. They bring like 30 games and they are, they just do it every year. And it's a huge part of the Denver show. They fill half the tournament room and they fill a big part of the free play room. And it's, it's awesome. Um, They take them off of their location that they own to bring them from the show. So not only are they going through all the work to bring them, but their games aren't earning during that weekend because they've pulled them off route. So it's, it's pretty neat. Um, they're not the only ones that do that, but they're doing it bigger than anybody else, I guess. So, um, had a great time and, uh, I got back exhausted and happy I went, but, um, boy, I'm, I'm okay taking a little bit of a rest from shows right now. Um, 
Well, before we move on from the show, you actually made a little appearance. Yes. And I want to know how it went. Okay. So the live show um, that, that I had for the Pinball Podcast, for the first time in the history of doing it, I think this is like the fourth or fifth year doing it. I don't know. But it was on Friday. And that's never happened before. So I was super nervous because Saturday, there's a ton more people at the show and it was Friday at 6.30 PM. I was like, oh, it's going to be me (laughs) and it's going to be Don and maybe one of his kids or both of his kids. I don't know. But there there was still a good turnout. And that was that was a relief to those who came. Thank you for putting butts in chairs because I I just at 630 at Friday, I was like, man, people are still not even home from work. So I didn't expect them to be at the show, but it was it was nice seeing people there. And for the people who couldn't make it because they were either still traveling, they reached out and said, hey, I missed it. Fill me in. Um, It was nice to even just hear that. But uh, no, we 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 had the live show and I kept it pretty casual and we just um, we gave away some stuff. I gave away some pin gulps and some stickers and uh some restoration supplies, things like that. Um, but the business that we were there to do was to settle the last selection on Mount Plungemore. And um, the last round of voting on that was huge. Uh, we had hundreds of votes. It got, it got a little bit crazy. And um, because I decided to allow people to wait their votes, the tallying up of those votes was brutal, but it was worth it. I think, we ended up with a fun result. So the fourth face, and this still hasn't been announced publicly. Um, I know people have found out about it just through word of mouth and they've asked me to confirm. But the final selection was Roger Sharp, who was actually at the show. Um, so yeah, and I and I talked to him about it. So I'll, I'll share that in a minute. But um, so our final four, we had Harry Kordek. Steve Kordak. Whoops. <laughs> Let me start over. Steve Kordak, Harry Williams, Roger Sharp, and Lyman Sheets. So those are our four faces. Those um, are some good faces. Yeah, yeah. I think it was it was nice. And the voting was close. Gary Stern almost got in there. Um, which a lot of people I I can understand um the idea because of what he's done recently and helping the hobby grow and survive through some lean times but um there were a lot of people who were almost in and so uh with that many votes it it was nice to see that many votes to kind of make the choice feel a little bit more valid and not random so um roger sharp was a good pick and um still planning on getting an artist to create some first to create the actual image and then we'll see what we can do as far as prints and shirts go but for everyone who came to the show, I got their email address, and when they're ready, I'll let them choose either a shirt or a print, and they can get one for free. Um, the rest of you people out there, you're going to have to pay. Sorry. But <laughs> it should, should be fun. And just like as a reminder, for everything that we sell, the money's just going to go to charity. We're not going to make any money off of this. So um, I'm taking my time making sure it's done right and looks nice, and I pick the right person to handle the uh, art side of things. But... Uh, yeah, so after that was done, um, 
I was playing Total Nuclear Annihilation and Roger Sharp came up and started talking to me. I was playing. He's like, what do you think about it? He hadn't had a chance to play it yet. And he's just kind of saying, what do you like about it? And so we just got to talking a, a little bit about it. And he, he said he thought it looked great and all this stuff. And then so I mentioned to him, um, you know, the whole Mount Plungemore thing and how it had sh- shaken out and how he was you know, chosen at the end. And he, he said, make sure, you know, when, when that prints ready that, that I find out about it, he said, I'd love to buy one. I'm like, well, obviously you can just have one, what? but, but, um, <laughs> yeah, he, he seemed to, he seemed to be kind of pleased with that. So it was fun, but what a cool guy, Roger Sharp. It, he spent a lot of time just kind of roaming the show floor. Um, he played in the tournaments. Um, and for those three days, he was just there. He was present and, playing the games that people brought and talking to so many people. And it was, it was really cool to see him do that. Um, Jack from Jersey, Jack Pinwell, Jack Warnery. He was also there um, one or two days, but uh, I spent some time talking with him and um, we went, we talked about how years ago um, when he brought wizard of Oz to E3, I was the first person outside of Jersey, Jack Pinball to ever see it and play it. And um, he he had remembered that and we got talking about that stuff and, um, he made a, he made a great point. I asked him, I said, are you having a good show? And, uh, he goes, what do you expect me to say to that? And I, at first I wasn't sure what he was getting at. Like, are you mad, Jack? What's going on? And he goes, there's hundreds of pinball machines here and everybody's talking about pinball. If you aren't having a great show, there's something wrong with you. And he's like, this, <laughs> this is the greatest weekend of anybody's lives. And if, and, and if it's not, then they need to go get checked. And I just kind of laughing about it, but he was just in such a good mood and he was so happy to be there and people were enjoying Pirates of the Caribbean and, you know, he, he was just buzzing. It was just funny to see him. He's, he's such an excitable guy. He's always fun to talk to. So nice. one, of, one of the highlights of the show is spending some time there, but yes, Mount Plungemore and Mount Plungemore it is, is complete. <laughs> so we'll move forward with that. Um, and as it progresses, maybe we'll wait till some of the show, these major shows are done so it doesn't get buried under other news and stuff. But we'll get it out there. It'll be fun. Nice. Thanks to everybody who participated. Yeah. Yeah. Response was massive. And that was awesome to see. Um, I think that's it. Uh I know we've got other stuff going on. We'll come back to that because I had a new arrival and I'll talk about that later. But let's just hit some news bits real quick. And it's more about hyping some stuff that needs to be hyped, right? Um, in fact, let's. it's been so long since the last show. Let's not worry about news <laughs> at all. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about some upcoming events because I think that's more pressing. And you've got a couple of big ones. So tell me, tell me what's happening happening soon well um if i can just take one minute i know we don't want to look at stuff that happened but um two exciting things that have happened that we talked about on our b episodes um so i've done a couple of these uh episode b versions which is basically talking to people about events that are coming up um And I think I may do a few more of those, especially if they're um, of a charitable variety. So um, 
those will just pop up in the feed, but they'll just be the B. So if you don't like them, don't listen to them. And if you like them, thank you so much. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So following up on the episode that I did with Kate about uh, the whipped women's international pinball tournament, it sold out in um, like just a few minutes. It was really fast. So there's a waiting list for that, which is the Sunday of Pinburg. So um, largest prize pool for any women's tournament. So hugely prestigious, um, over five grand in prize money. And then also Keith Elwin's personal Iron Maiden machine goes to first place. So it's going to be a crazy tournament. Um, And it's Pinburg weekend at replay on the Sunday. So if you're playing, then good luck to everyone. If you are not, then come and watch some world-class pinball and cheer everybody on. I'm super excited to be uh, TDing for that event as well. And then the last episode that I did, which was um, with Michael, who's running that um, fundraiser, the Mean Queen Pinball Tournament for the Alley Forney Center. He and Jess came on to talk about that, and they ended up raising over $3,000 so far um, for the Alley Forney Center, which is amazing. So thank you so much to everyone, um, you know, during Pride Month coming out and supporting um the first one that I'm aware of LGBT pinball event. I hope that there are more of them to come. Um, I hope they see that as an annual event and that more cities have them pop up. And I have to send a huge thank you to Ryan Clater. He reached out to me after the episode aired and just, you know, kind of shared some, some thoughts and thanks for, um, representing people who are kind of minorities in our hobby here in terms of women and gay and lesbian and things like that. And I'm, I'm really happy to do that. And he really stepped up and he started an auction that we'll post the link to for some of his original art. The auction goes through the end of June. He's up to $600 on this auction, which is amazing. Um, and all of the money is going to the LA Forney Center. So um, there are some amazing people in our hobby, and I'm really grateful to know a lot of them and um, that we have them kind of in our listenership. So thanks to everyone who's supported the cause for sure. Yeah, that was pretty cool to see. Um everybody kind of rally around that um, timing was great and the attitudes around it were great. So good job having a part and helping that along um, for a lot of people it hit their radar kind of late. So it, it was neat to see kind of a, a scramble to be supportive. Um, I always like to see that. Definitely. Yeah. I had met Michael when I was in New York and um, I was like, yeah, we definitely need to, to talk and boost this. So really happy for them. It's, it was a great success. So, um, all right. So that's stuff that has happened. Um, and then in terms of stuff that's coming up, we've got, you help me kind of, um, put together something for this raffle. I'm really, um, notoriously bad at things like this, um, in terms of asking people for help or money or things like that. So, um, I think most everyone knows that I run bells and chimes in Portland. And one of the things I've always tried to do is really make this something that feels like 
a place that people belong. And a lot of that is, okay, let's have gear. Let's have shirts. Let's have workshops. Let's let people feel more confident in the space that they're in. So I spend a lot of money on, um, you know, swag for bells or events for bells and things like that. And I'm pretty in the red for it. And when I was working, that was fine. (laughs) but, uh, you know, not working right now. So one of the things that I, um, had done in conjunction with replay is I got an extra entry to Pinburg. So not to replay, this is a tournament entry into Pinburg, which sold out in what, how many seconds? Super fast. Uh, Negative seconds. (laughs) Negative seconds. So if you missed your chance to get into Pinburg, if you missed your Pinburg ticket, here is your chance to support Bells and also get yourself entry into Pinburg. Um, I'm going to post up today, well, I guess tomorrow, whichever... <laughs> Whichever country you're in will vary what day. This is actually going to go up. When we post the episode, we'll also post a link to the raffle. So raffle tickets are $5. And you can either purchase your raffle ticket online. There's a little form to fill out. And then there's a PayPal address to submit that. So it's $5 per ticket. You can buy up to 10 tickets. Um, so a portion of that money goes to cover cause I actually had to buy the, the Pinberg entry. So, um, a portion of the raffle entries will go to cover that, but anything beyond that, um, will be supporting bells and chimes will be used for events that we're holding for bells. So we're going to be doing some workshops in terms of familiarizing people with how to work on machines. We're going to do some skills intensives. Um, so we're going to have a lot that's going on and I'm going to be working on doing some more streaming. So there'll be a few things that are coming with bells when I'm back in the States. Um, so it will support all of those efforts. And if you already have a Pinberg ticket and you want to support and buy tickets, you can buy raffle tickets in someone else's name. So let's say there's someone that you know that really wants to go and you want to to be able to do that for them. You can purchase tickets for someone else. Um, So that is going to be drawn on July 1st, July 1st in the States. So I need to work the timing out on that, but we'll post (laughs) exact time uh, with time zone information. (laughs) It's so weird being in the future. Um, We'll post that all up on the page so that all of the guidelines will be there. And um, for women who are local to Portland, by attending Bell's events um, from the beginning of the year up until the July 1st poll, we'll get an additional entry, additional raffle ticket into the pot. So um, if you're in Portland to attend those, or if you have attended those, thank you for being a part of um, something that's really given me pinball family. Um, we're, we're each other's chosen family and Bells is um, a really wonderful, amazing thing. And getting to meet some more Bells from kind of all over the country has been absolutely amazing. And I'm excited to see everybody at Pinburg and I'm excited to give someone an opportunity to go um, while helping to support something that's, you know, really personally important and I think is um, huge community building for a lot of others. So 
I don't like asking for things, but I think that this is a great opportunity for people to be able to get a chance to get into Pinburg, which is the world's largest and I think the world's best pinball tournament. Yeah, I mean, it's probably easier than just trying to buy them on time. (laughs) (laughs) Your chances are about equal. Yeah, I had zero chance, so this this would be my best chance um, for that. But I've already gone and made alternate plans, Jessica. Let's not but be silly, Jeff. Anybody out there who has hopes of getting into Pinburg and they want to try and circumvent the waiting list, this is easily your best shot. So get on it. But, uh, excited. Um, yeah, I don't know. It'll be great. I hope. I think so. <laughs> I think so. And uh, okay. those those details as far as um, buying the, the tickets and stuff, you said you're posting that where now? Oh, on our page. Okay. Just make sure that people know where to look. And then it'll obviously, um, when you have that, I'll update show notes so that there's a direct link to it as well. So, yep. Yeah. So it's the pinball podcast, Facebook page. We'll have the information there. Um, I'll post it personally as well, but I think that that's the best chance for everyone to see it is. Yeah. The I think so. Podcast on Facebook. Cool. Good stuff. Sweet. Um, all right. Well, we skipped news because we've had stuff going on. We've had a lot. Uh, going on. Yeah. Who wants to go first? Um, you want to go first because I did the show first. Okay, okay. Ah. All right, so <laughs> after Denver, as I mentioned, I was a little bit tired, but I was also real excited because I had already known my game. My TNA was on the line, and I was happy and excited about that. Um, my game shipped on Monday last week finally. And I can't tell you how excited I was for that. So, uh, you know how, like when, um, a wild animal is pregnant, they go into like a nesting period and they clean up the area around them and they, uh, get a little protective of their space and all that. I kind of got that way. I rearranged my game room. Well, one of my two game rooms, to find out how to more comfortably fit my upcoming arrival in. And I found a way not only to make it so I have more player space, but also more game space. So, so yeah, I was super excited for TNA to come. I knew it was going to be showing up on Wednesday. It did. And the box looked like it had been attacked by elephants. That's the only way I can like adequately describe it. It had multiple holes in it. It was bent all over the place. It was torn. And I wasn't at home when it arrived because it showed up like three hours ahead of the delivery schedule thing as well. Or like four hours. Anyway, it was way off. Um, Most people wouldn't complain about an early delivery, but I kind of planned on heading home and being there for it. Well, the game showed up. Uh, Box was hammered. And the driver noted damage on, on the game before he left. So, all right, I got home to check it out from the pictures my wife had sent. I was 
expecting nothing short of like a massive disaster. Luckily, that wasn't the case, but the head was damaged um, on the right side, little chunk taken out of the wood and the decal torn up a bit. And then the body on the left side was scraped up and the decal was starting to peel off um, from forklift marks. So they didn't just hit it once. They hit it multiple times. And I was was pretty pissed off about it. Um, Obviously, that's not Spooky's fault or that's not the distributor's fault in the slightest. But um, FedEx Freight 100% kind of boned me on the handling of the machine. And it, it was nothing short of like careless handling. It wasn't like a mistake. It was just careless treatment. So I immediately called the claims and they give me some form to fill out and tell me to go to do this or that online. I started doing that process, which turned out to be just a total nightmare. So my distributor stepped in and he's taking care of the claims. Um, the frustrating part about it is because uh, insurance is always just a massive scam and it sucks. Apparently they only pay out half of what you claim the damage is. So I don't know what the point of insurance is. If What? Yeah. So um, Joe from Pinball Star said, make sure that you claim uh, labor as a cost because they're not going to pay out the full amount of damages. So I had to like figure out how long it would take to strip a cabinet of its decals, bondo the wood, sand the wood, repaint the wood, and then reapply new decals um, to make a part of the claim because the material damage um, is only going to get paid out at about 50%. My options were either send it back to Spooky, which sucks for Spooky because they'll get zero compensation out of it. So I was like, I can make this work. I'll take whatever I get paid out. I'm con- I'm confident in my ability to repair the cabinet. I've done that before. I've bondoed and sanded and painted and decaled cabinets. I can do it. It just sucks. It's hard work. It's a lot of work. And I'm probably not going to do it for a while. But since I plan on taking this machine to a show or two, I'll do that first. And then I'll do the decal work later. So I'm bugged about it, yes. But um, I'm not about to push any of that burden back on my distributor or, or Spooky's. It's not their fault that freight companies are ham-fisted and careless and that their insurance policies don't make any sense. But I've got the game. It plays perfectly. It's been a big hit here. Um, I've been playing co-op with the family, and that's a blast. As I've been getting ready for work some mornings, I've heard my kids sneaking downstairs to play it. And um, right now, Tyson, my nine-year-old's got the... uh, reactor speed run record for the second reactor at 23 seconds so i need to try and knock that off um he goes down and checks it every day to see if it's still there it is but uh it's fun um really enjoyed it game is great it's even more fun when you're playing co-op and versus on that thing i hope that gets it's the kind of uh code feature that just gets ripped off and copied and becomes like an industry standard co-op is just amazing Co-op is um, so much fun. It is. And I've had, it, it's a zero pressure, super fun, collaborative way to play. And I'm going to, um, people have been asking me to do some sort of event uh, around its arrival. So what I want to do is a team tournament where um, I'm going to have co-op teams of four. And it'll just basically be, um, you'll take those teams and they'll all 
will have two different ways to qualify. One is based on score and one is based on number of reactors. And so we'll have two concurrent tournaments running and have these teams of four go about it. They can build their own teams. I don't care what they are because um, they're not going to be playing against anybody. But And then once we get those um, teams whittled down, you know, we'll take the top uh, four teams. To st- oh, there'll probably be four teams to start, probably a 16-man tournament. Um, and then I'll take the top two teams. I'll go ahead. And once down to the final four, they can split off into two teams of two and, and go at it. But it'll be fun. Uh, it just opens up a new way to play the game. And I'm really excited about it. It's, it works perfectly. So overall, I'm happy. I'm frustrated as I'll get out with the insurance side of things. Um, and some of that has to do with the medical insurance issues I've had. And they're happening concurrently. And I hate insurance like you wouldn't believe right now. So Sorry. Um, I like TNA a lot and I'm happy to have it. So I'll focus on that. I'm sorry that you're going through all that. That sucks. It's like, it's so exciting to get your game. <sighs> You've been waiting for so long and then to have that happen and have to it do was all such a letdown. on it. Yep. Nightmare. But in other good news, I'm going to buy my meteor back. Yes. That's yeah. wonderful news. I know. And um, I'm still on the waiting list for when CPR does new play fields, I already have the new plastic set. So eventually I'll have a pristine meteor. So yes, it'll happen. Um, but that's it. Like I just between TNA and rearranging my game room, I hadn't been able to do much else. Um, I played Avengers on location after seeing Deadpool two, that game is just bad. And I ended up having to leave cause the ball was <laughs> permanently stuck. And uh, that's usually what happens to that game is the ball gets stuck. So no change there. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Oh, I'm excited for your meteor. Me too. That's my big takeaway. I'm also excited for your TNA, but man, that's Oh, awesome. it's so good. Yeah. good. I've been playing a bunch of uh, co-op TNA games. I played in Seattle. I've been playing back here so yeah when that when you're the last player in a co-op game and the how far you're going to get comes down to your shoulders like never mind the fact that they've used all three of their balls but when you're if you're playing like a four-player co-op game and you're player four ball three there is a little bit of pressure to kind of uh make make some uh, last minute progress there but it's so fun because the other three people are done and they're just like yelling out okay okay your reactor's lit get it get it get it and then okay it's critical and they're hurrying pointing out the shots you need it's a blast it's just there's nothing really like it so yeah it's um there is there is pressure but it's like fun pressure oh yeah because they already know they failed and it's it's fun it it's a very good well-implemented feature so all right what have you been up to just a thing or two (laughs) just a few um i decided to cram as much as possible into my life between the northwest show and leaving for australia again so um my friend simon from new zealand who i met when i went to do pincade um he hosted me in wellington he went to play in the worlds in Canada. So 
he had been asking me previously, he's like, I'm going to do an East Coast thing. You should come to New York to visit family while I'm mm-hmm. here. And I'll, previously, I was like, oh, I can't possibly make that happen. But then I was like, oh, wait, I can make that happen. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so when Bowen told so me. So might as was, well. Yeah. When Bowen told me he was going to the Northwest show, I was like, okay, well, Simon's going to go to Boston. So maybe I'll just go there. So, um, that's kind of what we did after the Northwest show headed to Boston, picked Simon up from the bus station because he had been in Montreal prior to that. So went and got him played the, um, went to the friendly toast to play the Stern Trek that they have with the cat backlash. I saw yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, this is adorable. Um, combining cats and Star Trek is relevant to a lot of my interests. So that was a no brainer. Like, yes, 100% must go play. Um, and the gal who originally designed that, her name is Jenny Parks. She's an illustrator. She has a whole series of like cats as the, all the doctors from Doctor Who, or, you know, (laughs) he does cats as pop culture, sci-fi type characters. So um, check out Jenny Parks if you like the looks of that Star Trek with cats thing, because that's all her art. So um, big supporter of, you know, getting attention to the artist who actually did the thing that then was translated to a translate. Um, And then right across this little courtyard from there is Flat Top Johnny's, which is where they have the Moonwalking Dead re-theme. That was so much fun. The integration of the re-theme into it, there obviously was a lot of, you know, the art and little toys and things like that, but the music integration, so every mode has a different Michael Jackson song that comes in. And it was just really fun because Walking Dead for me as a theme is not as interesting as some other people find it interesting. So just to twist it and make it a little more fun and entertaining was real good. I uh, was excited about that. So got to do that. We went to a four cade, which was in Cambridge and they have some like tiki ish drinks, but there it was, Tiki adjacent. Tiki adjacent. I was really excited going into it because they had, if you ordered like the drinks, like really big, one of them you could get put in a giant ceramic Tina Belcher. It's <laughs> like, that's great. Uh... <laughs> exactly. Butts, butts, butts. So um, thankfully, I just ordered the small one because the drinks were gross. <laughs> Sorry, Tolkien. That's, uh, yeah. It was, but it was novel. It was novel. It was too hipster for me. Like, I'm not cool enough to hang out there. Um, it was really loud. And it's almost like a speakeasy type thing. Like, you go into this place that sells, like, grilled cheese, and then you walk through doors that look like you're going into the kitchen. And then another one that looks like you're walking into like a big walk-in freezer and that's where the arcade is, which was really cool at first, but then you get back there, it's so loud and there were a lot of screaming girls and dude bros. And I was like, I can't hang here. Like I, you know, you can't hear anyone talk. 
can barely move around. It's great that it's there and it's so popular and that there are more people playing pinball, but it's just not not my thing. So I was it's not your vibe. Not my vibe. So I just uh, I I did GC their Batman sixty six before we left. Uh, well done. It, thanks. It did quiet down a little bit, but yeah, I just I was ready to get out of there. Um, then the next day we went to head to Portland, Maine the other Portland um, to go to Arcadia. So Ben Culver, who is one of the um, owners there, he and I had played at Pinburg last year and had that crazy firepower game where the score display changed. Yeah. (laughs) So uh, that's the one where I beat him by 50 points, which was already crazy. And then when it went into attract mode after our game was over, it did that weird software glitch display thing where it picks up a digit off of the high score. So it looked like I had lost by 20 points instead of winning by 50 points. And it was a whole deal, but I was like, wait, I know someone in Portland, Maine. (laughs) So called Ben up um, and went and he stayed and played some future spa with us. when We got there Um, on our way there. We actually stopped. I don't know exactly where he lives, but um, there's, this guy jr and he has this crazy home collection oh my gosh we we walked in he has a really cute cat that bites i didn't get bit but uh apparently that's a biter (laughs) so anytime that there's like pinball and cats i'm super happy so walk you're in in your place yeah immediately cat and then really nice collection of pins like it was very nice and then i said something about classic Stearns and he was like oh well then you want to go downstairs and I was like sorry what I nearly ran down the stairs and that's where the magic happened like his collection of early solid states oh like it's so good (laughs) I was like all right you guys can go do whatever you're gonna do I'm gonna hang out here for the rest of forever um collection was absolutely amazing super super fun um I played a ton of Cheetah. I really love Cheetah. That's a game I'd like to Cheetah's own great. Day. Yeah. Yeah. It's on my on my list. Um, but yeah, his collection was bonkers. So that was awesome getting to hang out and, and play all those games on our way to Arcadia. Arcadia had just expanded. Um, so they're doing really well, which is great. It's you know, I think it's another one of those things where um we got there early-ish, and then as it started to get busy, my uh, ability to maintain <laughs> my, <laughs> my, uh, my socialness was was definitely waning. But we made our exit kind of just in time. We went and got some food, so I was feeling a little bit better. And then we went to hang out with Teresa and Jake and their two cats. So this was, like, perfect for me. They're... They're wonderful That's a good humans. Pun, by the way. What? I missed. <laughs> what did I miss? I said that was a good pun. You said perfect. Oh, ha! Oh, I wasn't even trying that time. Although I have been saying that a lot and spelling it like perfect. So exactly. Yep. Um. Yeah. So I was excited to hang out with Teresa. Um. And she had her Bells hoodie hanging up when we walked in. It was really nice. So it was nice to just 
get to talk with her and see some of the stuff that she's doing with Bells there. Um, their home collection is so, so good. Their whole house, their house is amazing. Um, but their collection of pins is just fabulous. So had a wonderful time hanging out with them. They make board games together. So I got to like check out the board games they were making and it was so cool. Just that was the perfect night. It was really, really fantastic. Um, so we did that. And the next day we were driving to New York. So to get me and Simon there to stay with my mom. Um, and Jim was kind enough to let us into the sanctum and I've never been, but I've heard amazing things. And Oh my gosh, like, Oh, I can't, <laughs> can't possibly express how much I loved playing there. First of all, it looks like you're being taken there to be murdered because you just walk up and it's like this industrial warehousey kind of space and it's completely unmarked from the front and you're walking up like a loading dock i was like i'm not supposed to be here and then there's like <laughs> these little signs it's like to the sanctum with like little arrows <laughs> like okay cool and you go through this maze of corridors and these cement walls and then all of a sudden there's this tiny door and you open it up to paradise um the games were in astonishingly good condition like everything played beautifully the space is cool it's a um, place i've always wanted to see i'm i am super jealous of that that's that's one of those that is like um it's not just regionally well known and famous it's like famous across all of pinball and apparently for very very good reason very good reason it's just i don't know the selection of games is wonderful you know, there's something for everybody, whatever your particular brand of pinball is, the thing that you love, you're going to find a game and just be like, ah, I have it here. <laughs> um, this, it's also where I got to play my new to me favorite game from all of my recent travels, um, which is Rack'em Up. Okay. Yeah. Rack em Up. I'd never played it before and I super dig it. Like the sound effects are great. Um, it's interesting. It's a game where you need to kind of like figure out what you're doing. You set yourself up before you even start playing and then, okay, how do I get, I need to get these um, swapped over so that I can go get these other shots. Like it's just interesting. It keeps you on your toes. It's fun to shoot. So yeah, I that's... like deliberate shooters. I, I, I do. I... Yeah. So really, really love that one. Had the best time at the Sanctum. Um, and then got into New York, went straight into Brooklyn, went to sunshine. Um, and that's where I ran into met Michael and everyone, they, they were doing a tournament there that night, which I didn't know. So we were there just before the tournament and then decided to leave because it was way too crowded. Um, <laughs> and Kate was working over at buttermilk and I'd never been to buttermilk. So headed over there, they have an Iron Maiden and a Circus Voltaire and a couple other games, but pretty much just played those two um, and got to hang out and catch up with Kate, which is really why I was there. So um, did that and then got to go out with my mom and Simon. The next day we went to the Silver Ball Museum in Asbury Park, which I think uh, another place I'd love to see. <laughs> oh my gosh. I think last year I mentioned, but this still holds true. Like one of my absolute favorite places ever to go play pinball. It's on the boardwalk. So you look out the windows and there's the ocean. 
And we took like a nice little stroll and there was a place that did like Korean fusion tacos. So we were sitting on the boardwalk eating tacos, like this ocean breeze and you could hear a pinball in the background and it was absolutely lovely. Their collection is stunning. Like their wood rails and all of their old EMs and their like rows of solid states it's mostly older games, which makes me very, very happy. And then they have a nice selection of, you know, mid nineties, sweet spot, Bally Williams. Um, right. And then a few more modern games. They have all the Jersey Jacks there, obviously jerseys. So, um, yeah, it's outstanding. <laughs> I actually don't know if they have any like new, new games aside from those. Huh? Um, but my mom's favorite games are um, the World Fair, EM, and Charlie's mm-hmm. Angels. And it's the EM version of Charlie's. And Charlie's right. Angels is on my list of games that I want to own. And I would be happy with the Solid State one still. Um, <laughs> but we got to play those. And she also fell in love with Jeannie. So you can definitely tell that she's my mom. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and just had the best time. Like it was so, so wonderful. And I also happened to see kind of on the drive over one of my Instagram pinball friends, you know, there are those people who you follow because it's pinball, but you've never met them. So I saw a picture from the day prior of the neon at the Silverball museum. So I sent a message and I was like, Oh, I'm, you know, hope you had fun. I'm heading there today. And he was like, oh, we're going to be there in a few hours because he does a lot of like band promoting and stuff. So I met up with Jason there and it's like we had only known each other on Instagram. And then we get to hang out and share some games of pinball and have a rad time. So I super love this hobby, you guys. Everyone's awesome. (laughs) because We get to say no matter what it is we do or who we are outside of pinball, you can always say, do you want to play a game? Yep. And all of a sudden, there you are. And you've got this common ground to come together on. So that was amazing. Like, that whole day was really wonderful. So I'm, I'm very happy that I was able to have that. Um, and then the next morning, <laughs> oh, my gosh. I didn't get to see my friend Pete, which was sad. But it was because um, his wife gave birth to their new kiddo. So congrats to Pete. Um, but... It was keeping it happens. Super busy, so I didn't get to go play at his house, which is fine. I'll do it next year. <laughs> yeah, it happens. I know. You procreators. I do that <laughs> once in a while. Some more than others. That's all I'm going to say. I'm done. <laughs> really? Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see. Um, so the next morning I had, um, for mother's day, surprised my mom with a ticket to go to Chicago for the weekend. Cause she was saying that she missed it since I used to live there and she used to come visit me all the time. She hadn't, hadn't really been, hadn't spent any time. So we decided to go. Um, and I really wanted to see Gomez because they were doing their 20th anniversary tour for their first album. So I'm officially old and just really wanted to go do that with my mom. So the last time we had seen Gomez together 
was at the Stone Pony in Asbury Park. And that was, what, 2004. So a long time ago since she had seen them. I'd seen them only slightly more recently. So um, we went to do that. So I got to go hang out at Logan Arcade um, the second night that I was there. And got to see Crystal. Okay, just another one of those bucket list places for me. So why, why don't you just hit them all on this trip? Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> so um, I got to see Crystal and Jane out there, which was awesome. Um, all the rad ladies. And then my friend Eden also happened to be in Chicago. So he came out to play. So um, got some fun games in over at Logan. And then really went back to Portland for like three days before I got on a plane to come out here to Australia. Um, first day in immediately went over to Netherworld (laughs) and played there. And then we did match play at Dr. John's pinball grotto. Um, and that was when he was leaving for Japan was that day. So I'm now in charge of the grotto while he's gone <laughs> so i'm gonna like try and open it up and do some more free play days and stuff while i'm here but i'm also running um the three strikes tournament coming up on july 6th then july 7th there's a flip frenzy at netherworld that i'm playing in and then on july 8th at netherworld in brisbane i am running pinball prom Woo! so i've done pinball prom in portland and seattle and now Taking it to Brisbane. Taking it every. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Um, so I was really jazzed when they were open to the idea of it. They have so many events going on and they're all super successful. Like I'm so impressed with all of the stuff that they do at Netherworld and none of it is half-assed. Like all of it is full on and everyone really embraces it. So I'm so excited to see everyone dressed up for pinball prom. So it's fancy dress split flipper. Um, and yeah, as it should be, as it should be. Um, I am thinking of doing kind of what you mentioned, the uh, TNA, you know, team tournaments since you can sure. do, um, you know, the team versus, or I was even thinking of doing like a quote unquote double date challenge where, um, you know, pairs get to team up and kind of record who does the best in terms of reactor destruction slash scores. So that'll yeah, be really be fun. fun. Um, very much looking forward to that. And then of course this trip is all kind of leading up to the Brisbane masters, which is a huge tournament that they have on here. Um, and it actually moved because there are so many people who are playing. It's going to be at um, the ridges hotel. So like a larger venue, um, out here. So yeah, I'm really excited. Oh, and pinball prom is a, is a chair. It's always a charity thing when I run it. Um, I, there have been some other people who I think have done it, who were not doing it as a charity thing. Um, but ours is, and anything that I will always will be. So this one is a fundraiser for happy tales animal rescue. So, um, we are saving kitties and puppies and getting real fancy. Yay. Yay. Uh, so one of the um, pinball places that you've been to down there apparently had a fire, like the uh, yep. Pincade or something. Yep. I heard about that. Yeah. So um, they 
they had a kitchen fire. Um, and there's definitely a lot of, you know, what can we do? Everyone in the community has been really, really wonderful. Um, reaching out to, um, Tanya and Dave from Pincadia. I, I constantly see things where people are posting about, um, you know, anything you need, what can we do? So the pins weren't in the fire directly, but there's some smoke damage and some water damage from what I understand. They've posted some, okay. um, some photos and some updates that they Dang. kind of pulled everything out and now they're beginning restoration and cleaning and things like that on the games. Um, they posted something um, about how they're, you know, let's see, as bad as it was, it could have been worse. No one was hurt. Everything can be repaired or replaced. So um, they're being really positive about it and definitely um, a lot of Phoenix analogies. They will be back in <laughs> rise again. <laughs> yep, they're going to be back. So um, yeah, the community's really rallied around them and the tournaments that were scheduled to happen there have been moved to other places. So um, every, everyone's really jumping in and, and supporting them with that. So um, definitely wishing that they would um, find good luck in getting everything back together and, that the insurance yeah. companies are easy to work with through that process. And hopefully they get more than 50% of the claim. <laughs> so. yeah. 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 Awesome. That's a lot of stuff. <laughs> you know, I am jealous of the volume of your pinball stuff. Um, at some point, though, you're going to have to be back in real life, and that's going to be sad. I know. It's going to be terrible. <laughs> or maybe not. Maybe it'll be fine. I don't, I'm enjoying this while I can. I've, I've um, been talking to a couple of people, and I'm like, I've always worked. Like, from the time I was 11, I started working for my dad, and I never had, like, the gap year or the year to go travel abroad or the year to do, you know, the time that people take to take a little time off. I never did. So, um, I'm doing it now. Yeah. Same here. I would love it though. Highly recommended. Um, it's good for the soul. I would, I would do a lot of pinball. I do a lot of fly fishing. Um, but I'd probably write a book cause I've had a book in the works for a very, very long time and I just don't have time for it. So, but, uh, no, this is good. If you have the opportunity to do this, it's a life enriching thing. And I totally think it's awesome that you're able to do this right now. Thanks. It's good timing for it. So. Yeah, I'm excited. Awesome. Plus all the beaches. Um, beaches and giant things. <laughs> that I want to do. And you're, you're doing them. So that's awesome. Yeah. Um, is there anything else? Um, no, I feel like we've talked about a lot of stuff already. We're probably missing something. I, I know. And I'm having a hard time thinking of what it might be, but, uh, trying to think of community stuff. Uh, here's a preliminary congratulations to the head to head pinball guys for hitting 50 episodes. Yeah. Yay. Um, hmm. 
I don't know. Like I, <laughs> I, I came into this very sleepy, which you noted right away when we started the call. Yes. Uh, not that I'm always the most exciting sounding person, but I think like 90% of the communication we had was just me fighting through yawns yes. when we started this. Correct. So I appreciate you uh, actually waking up a little bit. Yeah, I was legitimately excited to hear about your travels, so that helped. Um, I do have an off-air thing that I need to talk to you about, and everybody can speculate what that might be. <laughs> Uh, I hate when people do that, so I'm totally doing it right now, but I just don't want to forget. So you'll remember because you have a functional brain. Mine's well iffy. <laughs> that's debatable. Um, I do have a slight, but this time positive health update. Um, I should not, I, I mentioned it a while ago, the issue I've had with my eyes um, and how it's been affecting my ability to play pinball for very long periods of time it's been so long since um, updates. i know i know and we are so overdue <laughs> but i most likely will not need surgery Yay. to correct what i'm having um i've been playing with uh the, basically the uh computer glasses like uh they've really helped. I did not take him to Denver with me and I noticed immediately it matters. And I don't like how it looks wearing them. I don't like how it feels wearing them. But if I'm going to keep playing for any extended period of time or I'm playing seriously, I'm just going to have to wear them. But it's a solution that works. So uh, as far as like the actual issue with the eyes, I have holes in my retina, both, both of them. And that's bad, but they're showing signs of healing on their own. So the risk of like detached retina is um, almost zero at this point. So that was the big worry. And the fact that they're seeing them heal on their own is basically the best outcome I could hope for. So that's great. Excellent. Congrats. Yeah. So I'll just keep playing pinball and not worrying for now. But don't make fun of me when I'm wearing my nerd computer glasses that make me look like a fat Bono. <laughs> well, now you've put it into my head. Sorry. It's just how it is. Right. Um, uh, yeah, I, I can't think of anything else. Uh, there's a lot of good stuff going on, though, for reals. Like, there is so many... Oh, I actually wanted to mention, I got um, a lot of time on Houdini in Denver and I, I've played it before but um, I put up over a million points on a game wow. so I saw really deep into that thing and I still think that's just a really cool game um, for the people who like were worried about the tightness of the shots just just give it another shot like it's they're not that difficult they're intimidating when you look at them but they're really not that bad um, it's a fun game I I, I know one of our locals is getting one, so I'm kind of excited for that to see it a little bit more. Um, but I don't know. I, f I forgot to mention that with the show. Pretty fun. Yeah. Uh, don't you guys have one on location yeah. by you or something? Yeah. Um, so spoiled. And at the Northwest show, they had heaps of them um, at the booth right across from ours was the Nitro booth. Um, yes. And... Yeah. They had a bunch of them there. I didn't actually get to play a single game on it all weekend. They also, at that booth, Aww. had Thunderbirds, 
which is still oh. as hot of a mess just, as it was when I just, played it in New Zealand. It's just everyone's like, yeah. the buttons are sharp. And I was like, I know. It's Thunderbirds is like if you were explaining to someone who had never actually played pinball what pinball was, and they decided to build And that's what they come up with. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's not a bad way of putting it from what I've seen. Yeah, I mean, not everybody can just jump in and create a great pinball machine. So again, for those games that we have that we take for granted, like uh, even games that are just okay, that was hard to do. And sometimes it's hard to remember that, I think. So. Yeah, definitely. Be grateful for the uh, the great ones that are out there, that's for sure. Oh, I am. Yeah. Um, yeah, American Pinball had a good... Uh, presence at denver as well josh coogler the programmer was out there and um he was he was seemingly having a good time there so it was it's it's fun seeing them out and about and they have a real positive buzz because apparently the game's selling yeah um that's a weird way call back to denver there um (laughs) to mention that game but i couldn't think of anything else all right. I'll tell you my off-air secret. Oh yeah, I'm excited. It's gonna make you mad too. Crap. What game so. are you getting? All right, I need to hear this. We should wrap it up. All right, let's do it. Thank you everyone um, for listening. Check us out. Yeah, Facebook. We'll have that raffle up. Yeah, don't miss out on that. All right then, that does it. Bye, Jeff. Episode one twenty-three. All right, bye. bye.